Okay, so this is Juneteenth celebration. This is the 11th Juneteenth celebration by BH Brilliant Minds, which means Begin Healing Brilliant Minds. Again, the 11th Juneteenth celebration in Oakland, California. And this is Stevie G with KPFA 94.1 FM uh, out of Berkeley. Uh, but here we are in Oakland, and I'm here with one of the original, original, let me say this again, original Black Panthers. And he is down here with this Juneteenth celebration, and I would just like to say welcome, sir. Well, I appreciate being here. My name is Saturu Ned, also known as James Mott. And I was a Black Panther Party member for 14 of the 16 years of the existence. I joined in 1968 of May, and until it was officially dissolved in 1982, I was a member serving the people, body and soul. Wow. Wow. So beginning and ending 1982 is when it ended officially that is correct that's when it was officially dissolved by UEP Newton but the whole concept is so amazing because the ideology the work was never forgotten or lost here we are today Juneteenth this celebration in 2018 it's an amazing time for us it's like we've come full circle and we're here today because we actually created a concept a startup company, as they use the term today, with Black Panther Party apparel. There'll be shirts, there'll be backpacks, we have mugs, and the concept is simply this to remind people about the 10 point platforming program all over America and the world, but at the most part to create an avenue to support modern day educational survival programs. Most people remember the breakfast programs, the free health clinics, 65 of them that were created and you can go on the Stanford Archives Black Panther Party programs if you want to view all of them. But the amazing thing is this program is designed to help our mothers, 70% of single parents who are going to community college like Laney and Merritt College, home of the Panthers, and any college like that across the country do not have enough to eat and feed their children correctly. It's sort of like the breakfast program and the WIC program, women and for children, all rolled into one. On this level, we're talking about sisters and other women of other ethnicities and poor white women who have stellar grade point averages, who are doing well on a roll society, don't even sometimes know where their kids going to live. Because the high cost of living, they're not eating. If you don't eat, you can't learn. That's why we had the breakfast program for the children. We are finding that they're doing everything they can behind the scenes to cut the community college students' ability. They're cutting core classes. You're supposed to get money in August. Some people don't get it to November. There's something wrong, and it has no, nothing to do with their GPAs because they're fine. But the whole idea is that the consciousness is so high right now, people are beginning to understand because at Merritt College, we always remind them that where it all started was on a college campus with two students, UEP Newton and Bobby Seale. They see the danger of the ability to you to go forward because you would excel farther and be much better in business, in handling medicine, in handling education, being an elected official, any area, the community always does better. 
So that's so, so important. And one of the things that just that's really quickly coming to mind right now, it's maybe just some stereotypes about the organization itself. I've been sitting with you now for just a couple of minutes. Uh, we haven't mentioned anything about some of the stereotypes. Again, that this is an angry organization, that it's violent organization, that guns are so prevalent with everything that's going on, period. And that's it. Yet what you've been talking about is education, You've been talking about community. You've been talking about health. You've been talking about how we can empower the youth and move things forward. And so, actually, I want to step back into your own youth, into your own history. Give me a little bit of a flavor and feel of what it was like, as you mentioned, what year did you join the Panther Party? Let's talk about that year and what feelings you were going through as you decided to say, this is the organization that I think I'd like to become a part of and what I can contribute. This was uh, 1968. And actually, I don't know, maybe it was my destiny because in May of 67, I was actually downtown, senior cut day. I was down there the day when Emory Douglas, Bobby Hutton, Reggie Forte, and the other members, Bobby Seale, walked into the Capitol. I was standing there watching Ronald Reagan play with a group of, I call them young American white children, and all of a sudden, the state police came and whisked him away, left the children standing there. So I saw down the other end, I went and followed them in. And I remember Bobby reading the concept about the Mulford Act. They had no intentions of going on the main floor where legislatures were cowering under their seats. They wanted to go in the balcony and read the statement. The Mulford Act statement, basically, Mulford, uh, Senator Mulford, Assemblyman Mulford, had written a bill banning the ability for people to have what they call open reach weapons in their community, which were legal in California at the time, no ammunition, based upon the fact that they had made the stand of self-defense. The idea, of course, was initially following police officers who were totally, no, there was no accountability at that point in time for their actions. They were recruiting them directly out of the South from the Klan. Everybody knows this, historically. So they were just treating our community like killing, murdering, maiming, disrespecting. So the idea was here, we would bring out the law books, stand 20 feet away and read the rights. You have the right not to be searched. And if in anything, we have the right to defend ourselves. The ironic, the ironic thing in this whole concept is, it was really the disarmament of the community and the demonization only came from you know, the, the, the media, the right-wing media who portrayed this. It was amazing during 2016 how people from Republicans, the Midwest would come and say, you guys did wonderful work, you were ahead of your time. We were misled. It was always about the work that you did in feeding the kids. How can anyone be demonized that changes babies' diapers and feeds children or worries about someone dying from sickle cell or needs the fact that we need a health clinic or escorting seniors and loving on them and making sure they get home safely. All these various programs we created. And also that an, uh, uh, a child that's fed can learn. If they're hungry and starving, their ability to learn is is, no, is, is, is basically nothing. As a matter of fact, brain damage can incur. And I sat time and time again with some of these students in the classes and the, the, the beautiful story about this whole thing as it unfolds to the world is that I actually was in the classes with these students even before they knew who I was. I was just Brother Saturu. I listened to their pain. I experienced the racism in some of the classes. I experienced the plight of ESL students who didn't understand why they were being denigrated and degraded and being forced out and actually not supported until we created a support network. Then all the other problems surfaced. And you look at it, these 
young people and grandparents as well as parents, mothers and fathers, aunts and uncles going to school are doing exceedingly well. Many of them end up transferring and graduating. This is what they don't want to see happen. So here we are now and today to create that buffer so that they can eat. And everybody says the grocery cards, they're able to go buy nutritional groceries, feed their families, and the young ladies who don't know how will teach them how to cook so they can start feeding their babies and get them away from that junk food that's killing them, which is part of the, uh, I call it junk food genocide far as that goes. Excellent, excellent. So now, how do we take what we're seeing today, this current climate, and I, I never believe that history repeats. I'd probably say more that it parallels. I could see the backlash from having a President Obama. You could see it coming. You could hear the, the statements, the comments, the feeling, the yes. actions yes. that we've never seen in the attacks on a president before yes. Yes. that we were seeing with President Barack Obama. And from that, how do we as a community galvanize our forces and say, this is how we're going to move forward. Let's look at where we are today and how do we move forward as you all did back in the 60s and, and understanding the plight that you were dealing with and how do you, to me, I would say get angry and respond in anger, not being mad. I, 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 I draw a distinction, not being mad, but getting angry, and this is how we're gonna respond. Right, right. The aspect is simply this, is that's why we created what we created. We know that people do not follow an example unless there's an example to follow. So you see a problem, you create a solution. And once you start servicing them, people come and gravitate to you. Why are you doing this? It's because you deserve to live a decent life. This is who we are and this is what we're about. We're galvanizing you, we're creating a new mindset, a mindset of revolutionary change, of no more loneliness, no more individualism. We're bringing you knowledge that's always been there that you have not been exposed to. So that is what we plan on doing and we're gonna use this business example of showing this is how we have to do it. No grants, they're not gonna give us, they've been defunding everybody. This is part of their move. That president still has 97% approval rate of the Republican Party. So something's wrong that's being told to us. They're on board with this. So the slave master, as Malcolm would say, has spoken. The slave master said, I am here to kill, maim, and destroy. Do not ask me for anything. Why are you still depending upon me? I told you you have no entitlement. So now it is time to circle the wagons and bring out the playbook. When we did it, there was no blueprint, there was no playbook. But now it's like they, they we were exposing people to information that was always there, they didn't know. And a lot of people get angry. How come we didn't know? Because they didn't want you to. But let's get over that, and now we're gonna make changes by following the plan that we had. And you have much more technology and ability to contact people, so we're just wonderful in starting this concept. Uh, these business schools, even Haas Business School is intrigued. How did you start a startup with no startup? I said, this is what we call the Panther State of Mind, and this is how we've always created programs with the help of the community and resources that people who have the same heart and mind and passion to make it happen. So we're going to use this model to help other people do the same thing, guide them, and then we're going to steer all the business their way and create what we call solid economics in our community. Excellent, excellent. So how do we um, get in touch with you? How do we uh, find ways, as again, 
you mentioned as a youth that you 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 found a way to connect with the Black Panther Party at that time. Right, right. How would a youth today do that? How would anyone today connect? What I would love them to do, because we're rolling out so many things, I will more than happily actually give out my email address, and we do have a website. And let me give you the website. It is called blackpantherpower.com, all together, all lowercase letters. That's B-L-A-C-K-P-A-N-T-H-E-R-P-O-W-E-R.com. There is a part that says contact us. You can contact me from there. And also, I will give you my email address, which is S-A-T-U-R-O, Saturo100, at gmail.com. And I would love for everybody, because this is what we call a galvanizing moment. We are bringing the know-how, the knowledge of what we did before, so that we can bring all our communities together. And the amazing thing is happening again, just like we started in our own community, and it spread to the brown community, to the Native Americans, and then it spread from people around the world. It's happening again. So we're looking forward to galvanizing our young people especially because many of them don't know this history, that we did what we did, and now it is an opportunity with good people like yourself making these reports for us to get this knowledge out. All right, so thank you, sir, for spending some time. I know, I think you all are about to get called and present up here in a few minutes, and I just want to say thank you for spending some time with us, sir. And I want to, again, thank you, and say your name one more time for the audience, please, sir. My name is Saturu Ned, also known as James Mott, M-O-T-T. Those who want to see a little bit of information about me, they can, they can actually Google Saturu. S-A-T-U-R-U-N-E-D slash Black Panther and a lot of stuff will come up about my history as you Google it. All right. Well, thank you again. And again, this is KPFA 94.1 FM. We are here at the 11th annual Juneteenth celebration in Oakland, California. And uh, it has just been a beautiful day, a beautiful day for the community to enjoy and to partake and collaborate and communicate. And it's been fantastic. So thank you again, sir. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking this opportunity to allow me to uh, send this information out to the public. Thank All you. right. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>